Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Simple Church. My name is Aaron. I'm the lead pastor here. I want to say thank you so much for being here today. We are in week two of this series called This Is What We Do, and uh, I'll talk to you more about that here in just a moment. But uh, as, as, just as, as we've just entered into this new series last week, we also started a new season last week as well that I just kind of want to share with you a little bit about, and that is 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. And uh, we started that uh, last week, and it starts go, goes January 7th through the 27th. And what we're doing is making sure that we prioritize our relationship with God. They say that it takes 21 days to create a habit, and so we set this 21 days because, man, after the holidays and all the hustle and bustle, we understand that sometimes our habits get disruptive, and we need something to bring us back onto our spiritual disciplines. And so we're prioritizing that relationship with God this 21 days. We're making sure we spend time with God and that we spend time with Him first. We're also prioritizing our relationship with God through fasting. Fasting is essentially us turning down the volume of the world by surrendering something that we usually consume. Oftentimes it's food, so you can do a complete fast if you want to, where you're, doing, you're eating nothing for 21 days uh, and just drinking water, or you can do a partial fast where you're giving up certain meals throughout the day, uh, or you can do a selective fast where you give up things like kale and salads. Whatever your, whatever your flavor is, or there is something called a soul fast where we turn down the volume of the world through what we're consuming through our eyes and our ears, the screens, uh, the things that we look at on our screens, the shows that we watch, the music that we listen to. We, we turn down the world's influence and make sure we're tuning into worship music, make sure we're turning into messages from, from pastors and Christian leaders to, to lift our spirits up and to fill up on something different than what we normally do. And we believe that by doing this, we can set the pace for the rest of the year. Because really, if you want to have the best year of your life, it needs to be the best year of your life spiritually. Amen, everybody? And so we prioritize the Lord through this 21 days of prayer. Now, you can participate with us. One of the things we've got for you to be part of that is uh, daily videos that get posted uh, right on the Church Center app or on our social medias. You can watch them. Uh, they, they have a, a video gets posted every day at 6 a.m. Now, you can watch it anytime you want to, but there has a, a daily prayer for focus, some time in the Word, and we're going to pray together, and so you'll get to experience that. If you've never prayed before, that's a great thing to tune into every day because you'll begin to experience this is what a life of prayer can look like, and so we want to invite you to join us to do that, and we also started reading through the Bible together at the beginning of the year, and you can find more information about that on our website and the Church Center app as well. Would love for you to join us uh, reading through the Bible chronologically, doing it for the entire year. So what we're doing is we're reading the daily selections, there's a plan that we follow, we read the daily verses, and then there's a podcast that we either watch or listen to uh, by Tara Lee Cobble, and she breaks down the content of what you just read. She gives you a recap in about five minutes and says, hey, this is what you just read. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I need that help, right? You ever read something, you have no idea what you just read? The Bible recap is great for that because she'll just tell you what you just read and she'll provide you some context historically and a peek into the culture of the people because sometimes there's just weird stuff in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? 
There's just stuff that is just like, I can't reconcile that, but they could because they understood it, right? It's like today's slang. I don't get any of it. I don't, there are words that are being used in slang today that are filthy words that I don't understand. Now they mean that, that you're cool, and I'm not even going to say what some of the words are, but I, I can't hang with it. Well, they had their slang. They, they had their way of talking, too, and it doesn't always translate well into English, and so Tara Lee helps break that down. And I'm telling you, if you really want to understand your Bible better, join us this year. It'll really make a difference, and you'll begin to experience God's Word in a brand new way. Amen, everybody? So, so that's the season we're in. We're investing in our spiritual lives and, and making sure that we have the best year ever. And then we're also preparing for our grow group launch. Aaron mentioned it in the video already, but we're looking for grow group leaders. And if you'd like to do that, you can get onto the app and, and uh, go to the events section under grow groups and say, yeah, I'd like to lead a group this year. We'd love to have you do that with us. But that's the season we're in, but we're also in a new series. And let me kind of recap what we're doing because in this series called This Is What We Do, we're talking about the blessings of generosity. Yep, it was just this quiet last week, too, when I said that. Yep. We're talking about the blessings of generosity. Now, I understand for those of you that might be new here, this is your first time, you're like, great, I'm here on the day. My first time here at church, and I should have stayed home because it's cold outside, and they're talking about money. That's exactly what I expected. But let me tell you something. The Bible talks a lot about money. It absolutely does, because money is the number one contender for that place in your heart that God's supposed to hold. He knew that. And so therefore, there's lots of scriptures about it. And as a pastor, I'm commanded to talk about it. So let me just say this. I love you. And I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. Because there are spiritual experiences. There are encounters with God. There are ways to grow your faith that you'll never experience unless you grow in your generosity. So I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. And God does too. Last week, we talked about, about understanding that it is more blessed in other words, it is happier, it is better to give than it is to receive. Jesus said that. Somebody should write that down. It's important that we understand that, that if you don't know that to be true, you need to experience it. It is absolutely true. We also talked last week that giving and being generous are two very, very different things, that many of us think that we are generous, but when we pull back and we look at how the rest of the world lives, we discovered that we are not that the reason many of us are not generous is because we live with a scarcity mindset. We live with a mindset that God supplies. He gives us the means to earn wealth, to, to have a job and to work that job and to get a paycheck. And we, we get that paycheck and it comes in. And what we do is instead of giving any of it, we consume it. We spend it. We spend all of our money. And then what happens is we wind up lacking. And then because we don't have enough money to last us for that week, we wind up in fear Somehow we get through it and we get our paycheck and we repeat the cycle. We have a scarcity mindset. We're afraid to give. We're afraid to step beyond that because of the current way things are going. But we know that in order to step out of that scarcity mindset, we have to step into something new. And we talked about what that was, and it's called tithing. There are benefits to tithing that go far beyond just supporting the local church, but that's one of the things that it does. The other thing that it does is it teaches us to always put God first, and it teaches us, it helps us build our faith. There are benefits to tithing. And so we step out of a scarcity mindset, step into tithing, and we step into this new cycle, a cycle of supply, where we experience that God provides, we give, he multiplies the remainder of what we have, that he does more with our 90% than we could do with our 
He multiplies that, and then our faith grows so that when he provides again, we give. And the cycle goes on, and we grow in our generosity. But this cycle, it doesn't necessarily only apply to the tithe. In fact, today we're going to continue talking about the blessings of generosity and a message that I'm calling over and above, over and above. Now, I can't think of adjectives, any greater adjectives to describe who our God is. Can you? That he is over and above. And this not only describes his personality, but it describes how he gives because he gives lavishly. Paul described him as a God who is exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. In other words, you can't even imagine how over the top God is. If you can imagine it, he's past it. That's what that scripture says. God is over and above. And he loves us so much, loves us so much that he gave. He gave lavishly. He gave in a way that I would never give to y'all because I love you, but I'm not giving up any of my kids for you. But God did. He sent his one and only son, Jesus, to live a perfect, sinless life, to be brutally murdered and crucified on a cross, to die for three days and be rose from the dead and now be enthroned in glory, all so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins, so that you and I could be transformed, so that you and I could be healed and redeemed and have purpose and experience a full and fulfilled life. My goodness, that is some graciousness and some generosity. He went over and above for us. And his generosity reflects that. And because this is who he is and what he does, because of his love and generosity towards us, this is what we do. We value generosity. In fact, generosity is one of the things that we put into our culture playbook. So if you've ever been in Growth Track, where that's our membership class here, where you can discover your purpose and join a team and be part of all we're doing here. But in there, we discuss this culture playbook. There are only five items on this thing that we believe would be the hallmark of what God's church would look like. And generosity is one of the things that we've highlighted here. We said generosity is what we're going to, we're going to be a generous church. We're going to tithe and we're going to give over and above the tithe. Why? Because it demonstrates that we trust God and we understand that it impacts the world and makes a difference. This is what we do. It's already built into our DNA. So let's get into today's message, and I want to talk to you about giving or living in this over and above lifestyle. You say, Aaron, over and above what? Well, I'm going to tell you over and above means over and above the tithe. Last week, we talked about the tithe, which is literally us giving tenth, a tenth. That's what tithe means. It gives 10% of our income and giving it to God first because it takes faith to give it first, not to give it last, not to see if you've got it left over, not to go, hey, God, if I've got enough money at the end of the month, then I'll give to you. No, it's I'll give to you first before I paid for the mortgage, before I paid for the groceries, before I paid anything. God, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to give you first. But the tithe is the beginning of our generosity. But I believe that we can learn. We can grow to be over and above givers. Now, tithing is a specific amount. It's 10%, right? But what does over and above giving look like? I get that question there. Okay, so, so how much? How much do I give if I'm an over and above giver, somebody that's over and above the tithe? And, and rather, I would say the question is probably not, not how much do you have to give, but how much can you give is the question. Or rather, we get to a place to say, well, instead of how much can I give, it's, it's how much do I get to keep? 
Right, when you understand that everything God's given you is his anyway, and he's just given it to you to steward, it becomes a, a prayer. It becomes a level of trust you get to with God where you're like, okay, how much do, I, do you want me to keep, and how much do I return to you? How much do I give away? I was inspired. I read a book called The Treasure Principle by Randy Alcorn, just a small little book. If you want a great book that will inspire you and help you grow in your generosity, this book did it because Randy tells a story about his life and how he learned to live. He learned to live off of 10% of his income and he gives away 90% of it. That's generous, wouldn't you say? I want to do that, because I'm not there, by the way. I'm not even close to being there. I just want to be very, very clear about that. But that inspires me. And I'm not saying we all have to do that. I'm just like, how awesome would it be to be able to live on 10% of your income and make a difference with 90% of it? How amazing would it be to live that level of trust in your relationship with God, that he trusts you with wealth because he knows that you're going to be generous with it? I think that's inspirational. And generous. And it makes me feel like no matter what, whether I give it to 90% or not, that I personally can do more. I get to do more. And because of that, because of that heart, if you have that heart too, I believe that God will help us do more. But how do we do it? How do we do it? Because I know that there's a struggle there. I understand that. It's a similar to the struggle that people experience when they, when they want to start tithing. It's like, what is what? What is this struggle? Because it's not the same as the, the struggle to tithe. Tithing takes faith, and it's hard to do the first time. I get it. it we get on that struggle bus. But the sim, there's a similar struggle to give over and above the tithe because it's not a specific percentage. It's not a specific dollar amount. What it really comes down to it when you're going to give above and beyond the tithe, it matters about what's in your heart and how generous your faith will allow you to grow to be. And this struggle exists for a reason. It's a spiritual thing. And it's a spirit that the Bible calls mammon. It's a spirit that is tied to money. Not money itself, but it is a spirit that is trying to affect us all. Every single one of us. In fact, Jesus talked about it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. He said, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now that word money is actually, is actually the word mammon. They've translated it into money because we understand that. But the word used there is the word mammon. Now mammon was a Syrian god. And this Syrian god, he was the god of avarice. He was the god of riches. And he was the god of greed. And this Spirit of mammon attaches itself to money because what it wants to do is lure you into living a consumeristic mindset, a consumeristic lifestyle where everything God gives you, you consume on yourself and spend it all in order to build your collection, to make sure you have, to, to, to ensure you have financial security. Come on, somebody. Anybody know that that's not a real thing? That, that whatever you think is financially secure, that is a moving target and changes all the time. There is no security that comes from money. There's security that comes from God. But mammon attaches itself to money, and it tries to latch on to us. It tries to influence our thinking. It leads us to accumulate, to collect, to amass wealth and stuff. When this spirit is influencing your heart and your mind, you can never have enough. 
You'll never find satisfaction in your shopping trips. You'll never find satisfaction in getting enough because again, just like financial security, the goalpost for what is enough is constantly moving. It's always shifting and it keeps us in a consumeristic mindset. It keeps us greedy and hungry for more, never having enough and never having satisfaction. Now, I wanna be really, really clear here that money itself is not evil. You said, no, Aaron, that's not true. The Bible says money is the root of all evil. Er, Wrong. It's not what scripture says. What it says is the love of money. The love of money. That if and when you are in love with money, if that is your passion, if money is your first thing, if it has that place in your heart that God's supposed to have, if mammon is influencing you, if consumeristic mindset is influencing you, if, if all the, the luxury items and all the, the luxury places and all the things of comfort, if this is all you're focused on, if that has that place in your heart, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Money itself is not evil. It's a tool. It's a tool that we get to use. If you use a budget, you tell your money where to go. You make it work for you. It's an excellent tool. But too often, mammon gets on us, and we become a slave to money through one crucial thing, debt. Debt. We live beyond our means. We live because we can afford the payment But we got to look at what's attached to all that. Some of you didn't realize that when you got your credit cards and you maxed them out, that that interest rate, it's monthly. And if you're just going to afford that low monthly payment, you find out that you're $35 towards, well, if I just pay this off $35 at a time, eh, wrong again, 23 of it's going to interest. You're barely paying anything on on your balance. And every month it continues to grow and grow. And you get further and further into despair. Hmm. Glad somebody's here with me. Appreciate you, homie. (laughs) Money, money is a good servant, but it is a terrible, terrible master. It's a terrible boss. And mammon proves this to be true. Too oftentimes, mammon makes us servants to money through debt. So let me demonstrate this. Let me have my, my wife come up because our generosity is one of the ways that we worship and connect with God. But the spirit of mammon tries to block that connection. And mammon is all around us trying to influence us. I'm going to hold this right here. You go that way. And it's trying to influence us. Just wrap around me. There you go. And it's attracting us. It's trying to latch. Okay, I need to be able to breathe. All right, so. (laughs) It's trying to latch onto us. But here's the thing. It tries to lure us in. But the second we grab hold of it, the second we grab hold of mammon, we don't realize it, but it starts to wrap us up. It starts to get us into a place where we ourselves are stuck and we can't do anything. We are bound by the spirit of mammon because now we've got caught up in a lifestyle of we got to have this. We got to go there. We got to get the newest this. We got the newest technology, the finest restaurants, the expensive clothes. And unfortunately, social media isn't doing us any favors because there's a whole lot of people out there that spirit of mammon's got a hold of them too, and it's influenced them. And you start posting pictures of your Prada, and you start posting pictures of your newest phones and, and your newest tech and, and, and your newest game and all your newest clothes and whatever it is and everybody starts giving you all kinds of validation that you're living paycheck to paycheck just like they are and it's toxic. It's toxic. They're just as bound as you are. 
but, your, but that lifestyle is celebrated because it's a worldly lifestyle. In order to get free from the spirit of mammon, this spirit that is controlling us, that is keeping us bound, that keeps us from being able to give anything, that keeps us from being generous, because there's moments like... Hey, this is an opportunity for you to sponsor a kid. Hey, this is an opportunity for you to, to sponsor a missionary and send them to Honduras. Hey, there's an opportunity. You could buy a bike for the Joyride campaign. Hey, would you like to sponsor a kid for the, for the Holiday Hope? And we go, hey, I'm tied. I'm strapped. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I don't think Christians have a generosity problem. I really don't. I think everyone, every one of us in this room would say, yeah, I'd love to be generous. But the reason you're not, your hands are tied. You're bound. And we understand that the way to step out of this, the first way to step out, of course, is to begin tithing. And, and we say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to give you my, my treasure. But unfortunately, until we learn to be generous with what, what we have left, until we learn to trust God with the rest of it, we're still stuck. We can't step out of the spirit of mammon, but if you really want to break free from the spirit of mammon, we need to learn to be people who are over and above givers. We need to be people who are going to trust God with all that we have, and we've got to be wise, and we've got to be careful, because the spirit of mammon is always waiting to tangle you up again, and it's very, very easy to give in to this. It's very, very easy to let our greed and our wants take over our lives. We find that the stuff that we just had to have eventually has us. We become slaves to it. And we're bound and cannot be obedient when God calls us to respond or experience the blessedness of generosity because it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Jesus said that. We should write that down. Now, I want to be really clear. I'm not telling you that, that the spirit of mammon has possessed any of us. If you are a Christ follower, I think the Holy Spirit is more powerful than any spirit, and he dwells inside of you. I'm not talking that you're possessed. I'm saying that you are influenced. It is a thought pattern. It is a mindset where we live just like the world does. But if you're ready, God will help you be free from the spirit of mammon if that's what you really want. Over and above giving is the way to it. Now, I understand that what I'm getting ready to share with you may feel like a new concept to our church, but really this has been an internal system for us. But what I'm going to share with you today is something to help us simplify our giving so that you can, you can give freely and that you can give generously. So pay close attention. This is something new. But there's, there's a new fund that we, we've put out called Difference Makers. So we've got a fund for our general giving. That means when you go onto the Simple Church app, you can give to the general giving, which is your tithes. But you're over and above giving. We've got a fund now called Difference Makers. And Difference Makers is set up because this is what we do. We are a church that believes in making a difference and doing so through our generosity. So you're, you can tithe your 10% to that general fund, which, by the way, I don't know if you know this or not, that we give as a church. We model tithing as well. We give away 10% of everything that you give to us. And right now it goes to missionaries. And throw that slide up there for me. 10% of your general giving goes to missionaries, and we're looking for more, but currently we've got the Struis family in Indonesia. We've got Kirsten Edinger in Estonia. She's going to be here in March to tell you and share stories with you about how your faithful giving over the last four years pushed her ministry in Estonia, which, by the way, she's serving so many Ukraine refugees who got out of there. Uh, she's going to share stories. We've got the triplets in El Salvador, which they run uh, 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 King's Castle. 
King's Castle, thank you, that's the name of it. We've been there, done several mission trips there. An incredible organization. They are highly respected in El Salvador. In fact, the gangs who don't respect anybody, if you're wearing a King's Castle t-shirt, you can move about the country freely because they don't mess with you. They want you there. They know the mission that God has you on and they want you there serving their people. It's beautiful. We've got missionaries to the Ohio State University, OH. That's the Kuriyamas, and Kenji was here last year and spoke for us. And we've got missionaries in Madagascar and southern Iraq and peninsular Asia serving the Muslim population and the Buddhist population, missionaries that are in the hardest places in the world to preach the gospel of Jesus. They're there preaching it, and they're there because of your faithful giving. They're there because you give, and that's currently what we do. But with difference makers... It's not going to be a tithe that goes out to missionaries. 100% of what you give to difference makers will go to kingdom work and expanding its impact. Becoming a difference maker will free you from the spirit of mammon. And it will allow you to be generous on all occasions and to make a difference. It's over and above. And this is what we do. We are a people who are living on mission to make a difference here in this world with all that God has given us. Now, when you think about difference makers, I want you to think about this, this, this fund as kind of like a mutual fund. I don't know if you've ever done any investing, but any, if you have an investment advisor, they'll tell you, hey, don't put all your eggs in one basket. In other words, don't take all your money and invest it in one stock because your investment will rise and fall with that one thing. But a mutual fund is full of a whole bunch of well-performing stocks so that if one goes wrong, this one's going good, you don't lose everything. It's a diversification tool, and it helps your investment grow. And so that's kind of what Difference Makers is, and I'll explain that to you in just a moment. But when you give there, it goes to a lot of places to make a difference. You say, all right, Aaron, how much? What does that look like? Because we can't just talk about Difference Makers and not put a goal on it. I'm going to kind of give this to you early on because I want to let you know what I'm believing God for in this year. What I'm believing God for in 2024 is for us to raise $40,000 in our Difference Makers Fund. That's by the end of the year. That will not only help us fund our Joyride campaigns and our Holiday Hope campaigns, but it'll actually double that budget and help us increase our giving this year. And that's what I'm asking God for, $40,000 above and beyond the tithe, which will be more than enough to do the things that we want to do. But I'm believing God for that this year, for, for him to do that in us, for him to do that for us and through us for his glory. Now, when we look at difference makers, I want to share this with you. It'll break down. This is more informational stuff. I promise I'll get back to preaching, but this is something the whole church needs to know. So come along with me. There are three different categories that you're giving to difference makers will go to, and that's global, uh, global missions, that's local church expansion, and future Christian leaders. So when you give global missions, 35% of everything you give to global missions will go to organizations that are serving the world in different ways. The first one is Convoy of Hope, who is feeding the world through children's feeding initiatives, community outreach, and disaster response. In fact, you'll find Convoy of Hope shows up a lot of times on disaster scenes before the Red Cross does. And I love that they're a Christian organization out there serving. In fact, when we did the grocery packing here last July, they're the ones that rolled up with their big semi and gave us all that food in order to distribute it. That was Convoy of Hope. So some money will go to the Convoy of Hope. It'll go to Speed the Light, which is a student-initiated program that provides equipment to missionaries in over 180 countries. When we first started our church, we applied for a grant to Speed the Light, and they was like, as long as it's to pay for projection equipment, sound equipment, to help you get the gospel message out there, they gave us money. And I thought that was really awesome, and we want to continue to bless them, pour into them Bible translation efforts, because my goodness, 
People cannot hear the gospel if they cannot understand the gospel. And so it need, there are still language groups where the Bible needs to be translated. We've got a great little fun called For When. What does that mean? It's for when. For when there's a situation, for when there's a disaster, for when things happen. Like when, the, when the, the creek that runs through JFK Park overflowed, we called the city and said, hey, we've got money. How can we help? What can we do to be a part of things? There are opportunities that if we plan, we can serve well. This fund will allow us to do that. And then mission trip capital. So when we go on mission trips, there's always projects we try to do. Had we had this plan in place when we went to Honduras last year and learned that they needed a bus, we could have bought it for them. How exciting will that be when we get there this year if this fund is full and we're able to just buy them that bus? Come on, somebody. You don't understand. Being generous is exciting. I get excited when I think about the impact we can make. And this list of global missions will continue to grow as we grow in our generosity. The second second division is something called local church expansion. 40% of what you give to the difference makers will go to this. So there's, there's the first one on there is the Ohio Ministry Network. And Ohio Ministry Network, uh, they're, they're, they develop leaders to multiply disciples of Jesus by the Spirit's power. Freedom City Collective, which supports the local church by training worship leaders and providing and insisting pastors to make sure that on Sunday mornings that their worship is excellent. Because let me tell you something. One of the hardest things to do is to replace a worship leader. And on a Sunday morning for a church service, that makes a difference. And Freedom City Collective is, you need somebody. They will help you find somebody. So if your worship leader is sick, maybe your worship leader needs a break or a vacation, whatever it might be, or somebody in your band does, they help provide that. And so we support them. That's a wonderful ministry. Embrace Grace that is serving single mothers. Heart Food Pantry, which is right here in Reynoldsburg. Our Joyride campaigns, our Holiday Hope. Uh, Joyride gives brand new bikes to kids in the 4th of July parade. Holiday Hope gives presents to kids. We gave 300 kids presents, 90-some families this past year thanksgiving outreach homeless outreach community support which is a division of our church that helps people in their time of need we've helped people with their rent at times we've helped people pay their utilities we've helped them at their point of need when the funds have been available and we've been thankful to be able to do that and of course building renovations the the more we renovate this building or the more we prepare this building the more services and things we can provide here so we're that's that's the second fund And then the last one is future Christian leaders. And this is all about investing in the leaders of tomorrow, making sure that what we are doing here, that we have legacy planning, that there are Christian kids that are growing up being nurtured in the admonition of the Lord. This is important. We'll do this through church planning efforts to make sure there are more churches and more communities that need them, to make sure that that there are scholarships available for our kids to go to youth camp, to help make sure that that camp is updated and ready. That's Heartland. Uh, And then our Ignite students. Our students want to go on conferences. They want to go to youth events. And that, that requires a bus. That requires us renting one, gas for it, hotel, travel, all of that stuff to get them to those events. We want to be able to build a fund to invest in our kids who are going to be the future Christian leaders of this church. Come on, somebody. When I start looking at all this, the plans that we have, this is a plan. And I believe that God will bless this plan especially when we focus on this next generation, training them to continue to spread the message of Jesus. But this is what we can do together as difference makers. This is what we do. And if this excites you, and maybe you're asking the question, Aaron, what should I do? How do I do this? How do I be part of it? What is required of me? I'll answer that through scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. I read this last week, but it bears reading it again. 
Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. That's the answer. How do you be part of difference makers? Give whatever you've decided in your heart to give. Don't give under compulsion or reluctantly. Why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. If you're not excited about this, don't do it. If you're not happy to be part of it, don't do it. But watch this. If you do, God is able to bless you abundantly so that I can have more stuff, so that I can drive a nicer car. No. <laughs> God will bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, so God will take care of your needs, but you'll abound in every good work. It means you'll have enough to be a blessing to other people. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. In other words, God's going to give you more than enough, guys, so that you can be part of this. But you got to decide in your heart, I'm ready. I want to be part of it. I want to grow in my generosity. And you'll be enriched in every way. Watch this. So you can be more generous. So you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. In other words, that what you're giving, it'll make a difference. It'll make a difference. So my answer is, how do you be involved? Pray about it. Pray about how you can be involved in different difference makers. Tithing is your first 10%, but difference makers is over and above. What is that for you? Pray. That's all I can answer for you. Whatever God speaks to you, do that. What does that look like? Is it an amount? Is it a percentage? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe God will speak to you and say, increase your giving by 1% and give that to the difference makers. Or maybe he'll say, give $100 more a month. And that's what you give to difference makers. I have no idea what God will speak to you. I have no idea what that capacity looks like. But I know whatever God says to you, have faith, trust him, and respond. Be obedient. Truth is, is I want you to hear from him, not from me. Especially when it comes to over and above giving. And once you hear, obey, trust him, grow your faith and give. So what I'm asking you to pray about is, is an annual commitment to the difference makers. I'm asking you to ask God, what do I need to do this year? What do you want me to do in 2024? And he may speak to you about doing something on a weekly basis. He may speak to you about doing something on a monthly or even just give you an annual number that he wants you to work towards. And you work towards that any way that you want. But take the steps to do it. What I can see in scripture is that generosity, this kind of generosity, over and above generosity, isn't a set amount. That means that, that you're not ever just supposed to grow to a specific percentage or a specific dollar amount. Because it's supposed to grow, your generosity is supposed to grow as your faith grows. And you understand that that's a process that God gives, he supplies you, you give, your faith grows, and then he gives you again, and you give again. And that grows over time. So allow that to grow in you. Now, you say, Aaron, I, I'm not really sure how to do this. And, and, you know, I'm not sure that I'm really comfortable about this. Let, let me tell you something. I serve uh, an, an, an organization that called Miracles and Magic. Many of you guys know I'm a sleight of hand magician, and I do that. I've been doing that for years. And, and I participate in this because it serves a, a charity that I'm really for called A Kid Again that serves families with children that have life-threatening illnesses, and I just love the organization. And Miracles and Magic provides this big show, but they do a big fundraiser show that's not really talked about a whole lot. It's called Martinis and Magic. And we gather together, and people come, and they celebrate their generosity 
One night we raised $150,000 in one night for this organization. And people were there excited about it. They were, have, they were celebrating the generosity as the numbers went up. And yet, for whatever reason, when we come into a church where we get to make a difference, an eternal difference, by the way, we go, well, I'm just not so sure we should be talking about that. There is much to celebrate about the difference that we can make together. And the difference between us and most of them that show up is what I'm getting ready to share with you. And it's a plan. They have a plan for their generosity. They have intention behind their generosity. And so here's three simple ways that you can have intention behind your generosity that we as a church have behind our generosity as well. And I'm just going to share it with you so that you can apply it as well. First one is to have a plan. The question is, what will you do? What will you do to be part of Difference Makers? What can you do right now? For example, if the Lord says, give $100 a month to difference makers, what, what does that look like? You, you might say, I can do that. I might have to cut a few things. I might have to not drink as many energy drinks, or I might have to skip going out to eat once a week in order to be able to have an extra $100 a month, or I might have to drink coffee at home. Mm. But your plan will likely consist of what you can do right now that turns into a what you will do for the rest of the year. You need to have a plan. And it's a conversation that you have with God that ends in a commitment to what you will do over and above the tithe to be a difference maker. The next step in your, in your generosity growth will require faith, and it's to have a vision. So you need to have a plan. God, here's what I'm going to do. Whatever you're going to ask me to do, that's what I'll do, and I'll make, I'll, here's my plan. We're going to execute it. Yep, I can make that adjustment now. The next one is a vision, and this isn't about what's in your hand. This is more about looking at what's in God's hand. To go, God, you know what I'd like to do? Here, here's what I could do. If you gave me an extra, whatever that amount is. God, if you gave me an extra $5,000 this year, if you helped me figure out how to do that, I'd give it to Difference Makers. It's, it's an amount that's beyond what you can currently do. It's an amount beyond what your annual commitment might look like. It's an amount that it's like, hey, I'd really love to stretch my faith and grow my faith. And I promise you, if you'll put a vision before God, if you'll write it down, if you'll pray over it, if you'll say, God, if you'll trust me with whatever that dollar amount is, I'll give it to difference makers for your glory and to expand your kingdom. I want you to see how God would move. Because again, this isn't about what's in your hand or your capacity to give. It's about faith and what's in God's hands and whether he'll trust you enough to release it into your hands to give it. That he blesses us so that we can be more generous on more occasions. When we show ourselves generous with what we already have, he blesses us to be more of a blessing. He releases what's in his hand for us to make a difference. So what is it you could do? Write the vision down. Tell God. And this kind of faith is bold, by the way. This is bold faith. It says, God, help me find a way to do it. Maybe, 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 maybe whatever that amount is, you tell God, like, this is the visionary gift I would love to give. Maybe you find it by selling something that you've just got stored in your garage next to your three, car, your three cars. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe it's, it's brainstorming over a side hustle. Like, I'm just going to do this side hustle for the year. And God, whatever you give me in this side hustle, I'll turn that back to difference makers. Or, or maybe it's whatever that amount is, we're keeping it before the Lord all year long, Praying, and if you're married, pray with your spouse. If you have a family, pray together as a family so that you can make that, that vision happen. But it's God, if you'll help me give it, I'll give it, or I'll get it, I'll give it to difference makers for your glory in the kingdom. It's a different level of faith. Shannon and I were talking about this this week, and I just got excited. I get excited because it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Jesus said that. 
But I get excited about giving because I love being generous. I do. What could God do through us this year if we all began to have bold faith that expects God to, help, to show up to help us be generous? So plan, what will I do? Vision, what could I do? God, if you gave it to me, if you made a way, I would do this. And the next level is crazy faith. And this one, I, don't, I expect most of us to live in the plan space and in living out that vision space. But the dream space is a big one, man. What do you want to do? What do you, you want to give? What do you want to invest? What, kind of, what size of check would you like to write to be a blessing to the kingdom? Man, I don't know. Some of you, that might be a $10,000 check. I've got like a $100,000 check. I would love to write a $100,000 check. I'd like to write a million-dollar check. I really would. And, I, you know, I had that conversation with people often, like, Pastor Aaron, if I won, if I won the lottery, man, I'd buy you guys a new building. Aaron, let me tell you something. That's really nice in theory, but if you're not already generous with what you have, more money doesn't make you more generous. It just makes you more of what you already are. Just, just dropping some heat and some knowledge on you. I'm just saying. If you're not generous now, you won't be generous then. You, you just won't be. But, but, it, but it is that kind of faith, though. Like, like, God, like, seriously, if you show yourself faithful with what you already have, you got a plan. I got a vision I'm praying and working towards. Would God trust you with a dream dollar amount? What is that? What would that look like for you? A dream level giving says, God, I'm here for what you want to do. So begin praying. Lord, what would you have me? What does that dream gift look like? Maybe you already got that in your heart and you already know what it was or what it is. But it's a gift you know there's no way you could pull off on your own. That you would have to totally and completely rely on God. Get a dream for how you'd like to be generous. Have a dream. Dreams don't have to make sense, guys. They don't. Whatever dream God has in your heart, keep it before him. Pray. Pray for it often and watch him work. So what is an amount of money you dream about giving? Whatever that dollar amount is, you don't have to share it with me. In fact, I wouldn't encourage you to share that dream amount with everybody. Because if you look in the Bible, there's people that shared their dreams, and it got them in a whole lot of trouble. I'm just saying. Be careful with who you share your dream with. But hold on to that dream. And when you begin praying about being a difference maker, I want you to pray through the lens of being God. I need a plan. What am I going to do? What will I do? God, I need a vision. What could I do? And I need a dream. What would I do if you gave me this? In Scripture, it is very clear that we, we see that we cannot, it is not even possible for us to outgive God. That if we choose to be in this space and walk in generosity, that what he promises to do is open the windows of heaven and bless us. So much so that we cannot contain it. That means it's supposed to be overflow, guys. We are supposed to be generous on all occasions and in every situation. Not so we can have more stuff, but so that we can make a difference. Now back to 2 Corinthians 9, I want to be really clear. Do not give under compulsion. Don't give because the person sitting next to you is giving either. Don't do it. I'm not going to tell you any amount. I want you to give what's in your heart for God loves a cheerful giver. Someone who's happy about it. And by the way, wherever you start... Don't look down on it and say, my small amount isn't going to make a difference. No, you be faithful with what that amount is. You be faithful. Stop comparing yourself to anybody else in this room. You be faithful. You be obedient and watch how God blesses that. Because I think that if we will pray, if we'll listen to God, if we'll obey, then we, if we all do that, then we can change the world together. We can be difference makers. So let me finish with just a simple reminder of why being a difference maker matters. We'll go to Paul in Romans chapter 10. Paul is talking about the lost and how they're supposed to be reached. And he said this, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? 
And how can they believe in the one who they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful the feet are those who bring good news. You know, when you, when you decide to become a difference maker, you take part in sending people all over the world in different capacities to make a difference, to preach the gospel because people need the Lord. They need to know Jesus. In fact, if you're ready for this whole thing to wrap up and you want to get, be ushered into eternity and spend the rest of your life with Jesus, you don't want to spend another day here on this earth, you're ready to be in heaven with him. Do you know how we hasten that? We win more people to Jesus. The Bible says that the reason that Jesus has not come back is that he is patiently waiting on us. There's a final end time harvest and we can be part of it. We've got to decide. We've got to decide we want to be part of it. This matters. Being a difference maker matters. We can get the gospel out globally, locally, and make sure that it's here for the future. This is what we do. And when I say this matters, let me tell you, the only thing that really matters, do you know what it is? It isn't your money. It isn't your stuff. It isn't your degrees. It isn't your houses and your cars. It isn't your followers on Instagram. It's people. Because people are the only thing that make it off this rock and into eternity. It's the only thing that gets there into heaven. It's people. People matter. They need to hear the good news. And you can be the difference maker for them. Being generous by giving over and above the tithe. Being a difference maker. This is what we do. Let's pray. God, today I know that this is challenging for us. Man, I, you can feel the tension in the room. It's palpable. This is challenging our mindset. It's challenging our lifestyles. It's challenging to us. But God, I know that we serve here in a church that is generous. Lord, I see it year after year, and I'm thankful for a way to organize ourselves. Lord, to step up to a plate to be difference makers. So God, I pray that you would shift us as we take this serious and as we pray through our plan and our vision and our dreams. I pray that you would inspire us and lead us. Grant us the faith. And then, God, as we trust you with it, as we trust you with it, grow our faith. Grow our capacity to be generous so that we can make a difference here in this world, so that people can hear the gospel preached. Help us to be a church that honors you with our generosity, because this is what we do. Now, in this moment of prayer, in this solemn moment, there are people here in this room that what you need most is a relationship with God. And you came here today seeking, seeking to find out what is this all about. Maybe you've met some people here today and you've heard this word preached, but something's stirring on the inside of you right now in this moment. That's the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit draws us into relationship with Jesus. He draws us into that relationship because it's through Jesus that we are forgiven. It's through him that we experience a brand new life. It is through him that we, spend, we will spend eternity in heaven with God. And so today, if you're ready to begin a relationship with him, that doesn't mean that you're gonna be perfect. That doesn't mean that you're gonna have it all figured out. What it means is that you're ready to begin a journey of walking with Jesus as you walk with this church. If you're ready to say yes, I'm gonna pray a prayer. I'm gonna give you the words to pray, especially if you're not familiar with them. 
And all of us here today, we'll pray them together. We'll pray them out loud. Nobody's gonna do this on your own. But if you're here today and you wanna pray that prayer, if you wanna say yes to Jesus, would you just let me know that right now? Would you just slip up your hand and say, Aaron, that's me. I'm saying yes to Jesus today. I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna take a step. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Today, everybody pray out loud. Everybody praying together. If you're online watching this today, you can join us too. If you're listening on the podcast, uh, wherever you're at, just pray out loud. Say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sins and make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit and show me how to live for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, the Bible says that heaven is throwing a party over you. Simple Church, celebrate with those who said yes to Jesus today. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope it has given you hope and helped you know God a little bit more. The goal of this podcast is to reach beyond our walls and connect with people far from God. If you'd like to join us in doing that, there are several ways for you to get involved. First, you can pray for us as a church. Prayer is our first response and our greatest resource. Pray for opportunities that we can boldly step into, make a difference in our community and around the world as we proclaim the good news of Jesus. Second, share this episode on your social media accounts and directly with your friends. It's easy to do through whatever platform you're currently using to listen to this message. Just click share and follow the prompts. Finally, you can support the mission through your generosity. The best part about this is that it's also an act of worship where you express the priority of your love for God and others through your finances. Links to give are in the show notes or simply visit www.mysimple.church giving. We are so thankful you joined us today. and hope you'll consider joining the mission of our church in some way. Thank you again, and we'll see you at next week's episode.